Welcome back to Raise the Apple. It is a All-Star Week recap slash second half preview to the 2021 season. We got a lot to get into. We got the Derby. We ha- Well, first of all, we have the, the draft, and then the Derby, then the All-Star game, and then a little bit of a preview into the, into the second half. Starting with on Sunday, we had the draft. Uh, not many people knew the draft was really going on. That's kind of one of the things that Major League Baseball, I think, could change is the dates of the draft and the Futures game. Now, I like the idea of having like three straight days. You have the Futures game, then you have the All-Star game, then or the Derby, then you have the All-Star game. That Sunday, I feel like it would be a good idea to have an off day. So like a league-wide off day. So on Sunday, all the guys that are in the All-Star game and Derby can get down there. Then all eyes would be on the Futures game. Which the Nets had two guys in there. They had Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez, who are two of the Mets' top prospects. You had uh, the world team, which is international guys versus Team USA. And all the top prospects around the league. And I feel like it would be a great way to grow the game for fans to see kind of more of the future of baseball. We have like the current future with, you know, with the Tatises, the Sotos, the Acunas, and now you're getting even into like the future future with the, no, not to repeat the word a million times, but with the futures game, you're even seeing more of the young talent that baseball has, but not many people were able to see it because they had all the other games going on. You also had the draft that started Sunday night, which... I didn't even know the draft was Sunday night until Sunday morning. And it's I feel like they should make the draft at a time when there's no other sports going on. Like you look at the NFL. You always know when the NFL draft is. It's always highly anticipated, super exciting. But with baseball, you don't really know when the draft's going on besides some of the top guys like uh Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker and some of like the big names in college baseball. You don't know who these other unless you're really into the into the you know minor leagues and college and high school baseball. You don't really know who some of these guys are. And football and basketball, you know who they are coming up. But in baseball, you don't really know. Jack Leiter went two overall. I think was the Texas Rangers pick. He was definitely top five. Was Texas Rangers pick. Jack Leiter went to the Texas Rangers, and somehow, someway, Kumar Rocker fell to number 10, and who had the number 10 pick? Our New York Mets. The Mets' first pick of the draft drafted Kumar Rocker, a pitcher from Vanderbilt University. Vanderbilt is a pitching powerhouse in college baseball. There's so many guys that have come from there, include two of the... uh, Big names that we've seen is Sonny Gray and Walker Bueller. There are certainly many others that have come from there. It is a pitching factory out in Vanderbilt. And the Mets got a great one in Kumar Rocker. His ETA to MLB is 2022 or 2023, which is similar to Brett Beatty. Both of them have just gone through the minors like that. Kumar Rocker is signed. He will be a Met and someday he will be in Queens, and that is a huge, 
huge get for the Mets. It has to be one of the best Mets draft picks that we've seen in a while. Kumar Rocker was originally projected probably top five, easily could have gone top five. The Angels had the ninth pick. They went with a high school pitcher, if I remember correctly. I was fully anticipating the Angels at number nine taking Kumar Rocker, but for whatever reason they didn't. They liked the high school guy they got better, and the Mets were dumb to not take the best available at that point, which is Kumar Rocker. So a great pick for the Mets. I was super excited. I was not. I was like, there's no way that the Mets can land him. Mets luck, no way this works out, but it did which is awesome. He's going to be a great asset to that rotation. He's going to fit perfectly in Queens. I'm super excited for that. Now, Monday was Home Run Derby Day. Even better news for Mets fans. Pete is a back-to-back Home Run Derby champ. Pete wins the Derby with ease. He made that look easy. He was feeling it so much. You saw him dancing around, bopping his head. He was getting really into it. And there was just no sign of him slowing down. He had the first round against Salvador Perez. Uh, Pete crushed 35 in the first round. And then he went and interviewed with the guys that were commentating right after. But it completely took away from Salvador Perez. Which, if you if you take Pete out of the equation, Salvador Perez probably had the best first round. With it besides Pete. Salvador Perez at 28. He had a phenomenal first round, but no one's talking about that. Everyone's like, oh, Salvador Perez, including me. Salvador Perez probably shouldn't be here. He's the oddball. No one's expecting much from him. But he put on a freaking show. He impressed a lot of people, and he had a great showing and deserves a lot more credit for it. We had the first round upset of Juan Soto took out Shohei Otani in the first round. It took Otani a little bit to get going. He was just smiling the whole time, enjoying being there. I think maybe the hype got to him a little bit. I was anticipating Otani to face off against Pete and then go to the finals. But so, if anyone in that derby was going to beat Shohei Otani, it was going to be Juan Soto. Juan Soto has very sneaky pop. He he hit the longest home run of the derby, which was 520. Otani um, also had one that reached 500. It was it was an awesome derby. Pete made it look easy. I was telling my mom after I was like, I it wasn't even that exciting that he won because he just made it look so easy. He is a back to back champ. That was a, one of the best derbies we've seen. I think the the best round was the last derby between Vlad Jr. and Jock Peterson when they went into like three swing offs. Soto and Otani were heading in that direction. But when you get to three swing-offs and Soto homers on all three, Otani can't mess up. And he had a uh, grounder to fir- he had a grounder his first swing, so that sealed that fate. But all in all, it was a great home run derby. Pete now joins a list of only four guys to win multiple home run derbies. The other three are Cespedes, uh, Griffey, and who was the th- was it Vlad? Vlad Sr. maybe was the fourth. Pete will be looking to win his third, I assume, next year. He was built for a derby. He was making it look so easy last or the other night. It was so much fun to watch. And then you had the All-Star Game itself. Shohei Otani got such a big applause. Everybody was so excited to see Otani, which I think is great for baseball. 
how much hype is around him. I think it's great in terms of growing the game, especially when you you see a team like the Angels. When you're an East Coast baseball fan, you don't get to see the Angels a lot because they're on the West Coast. So anytime you get to see like him or Trout or anyone on the Dodgers or Giants or Padres or whoever, it's super fun to see. Otani pitched a perfect inning. He got the win in the All-Star game. The AL won, I believe it was their eighth eighth straight All-Star game. Uh, Taiwan Walker came in. He had a one blank 2-3 inning. Uh, Mike Zunino got him for a homer. But all in all, it was great to see Taiwan Walker there representing the Mets. I think he should have been there uh, on his own merit without being a replacement. But, I mean, that's a story for another day. Uh, what else? Vlad Jr. hit an absolute rocket in his first at-bat. I liked that they were talking to Tatis during Vlad Jr.'s homer. I like that they're doing like the interviews when they're on the field. When they're in the batter's box, I thought that was so dumb. They did it with Xander Bogarts. Uh, when who else did they do it with? I don't think they they did it with Albies. Maybe when he was hitting. There's another person they did it with while they were hitting, and then they did it when Liam Hendricks was trying to close it out in the ninth. When they're in the field like that, I think it's okay to do that. But what if they're pitching or in the batter's box? I I just think that was the dumbest thing to have them try and do an interview while I know the game means nothing and it's just for fun but like they're, they're professional athletes there's still a little competitive fire in them they still want to do good so having I don't know having the commentators trying to interview you when you're trying to close out an all-star game would probably get on my nerves a little bit I wouldn't want to talk to them especially if I'm pitching let alone hitting but I don't know I guess that's what we that's the direction we're heading I don't know, but speaking of directions we're heading, baseball announced, or Rob Manfred, I should say, well, before I get into that, first of all, one thing I noticed was there were no Astros at all. Now, I know we mentioned that Altuve and Correa opted out, Brantley opted out, as well as Ryan Presley. The Astros did not even have a representative there. Every team had at least someone there, whether they played or not, except for the Astros, which, I mean, you put two and two together, I think that says a lot. But speaking of changes in Major League Baseball, as we were just about to uh, discuss, Rob Manfred uh, announced the other day that he does not see seven-inning doubleheaders as a part of baseball's future, as well as the runner on second to start extra innings, which both of which are great. The runner on second and extra innings is the dumbest rule in all of sports. I'm glad they're finally realizing that and getting rid of it. The uh, the all the double headers. I'm okay with that in the minors, but in in the ML in Major League Baseball, I just think that's ridiculous to have that. Um, so I'm glad they're finally getting rid of that. And then the third rule was limiting or banning shifts. That was the one people raised their eyebrows about. I'm okay with limiting the shift. I don't like fully banning it. Because I think the shift is great. I think it it's worked out for the Mets so much this year. But the idea behind the shift, I like it but don't like it. Because I am 
it's kind of I'm a I like I said before I find myself in the middle of old school and new school baseball. The old school baseball in me, the shift takes the feel out of the game. If you if Joey Gallo comes up to hit, and you know every single time he's gonna pull the ball down the right side of the field, so you put everybody on the right side of the field. That t- that th- anyone can do that. I could go manage a team right now if that's all I'm going to do is just use the shift. And all right, I was like, okay, the, um, 99% of the time, Joey Gallo hits the ball on the right side of the field, so we're going to put all our fielders on the right side of the field, and he'll never get a hit. Anybody can do that. That doesn't that defeats the purpose of having a manager. It takes the feel. To be a successful manager, you also need to have that feel. You need to know what. That's why when you look at guys like Bruce Bochy, uh, Don Mattingly. Well, it's Joe Girardi, uh, Dusty Baker, guys that have been around for so long that have been so successful is because they have that feel. They know exactly, they've been around for so long, they've experienced so much, they know exactly what to do and when and all that stuff. That's why I'm okay with limiting it because sometimes I think it's, it's a little extreme. Some of these shifts that we see, working in a minor league stadium, some of the shifts I've seen, I've seen the first baseman and second baseman in their spot, the shortstop playing like a rover position, and then third base is in shallow right field, the right fielder's hugging the right field line, center field's in right center, and then the left fielder's out there all alone. It just I don't like that. I think that's a little much, but I, I'm okay with limiting it, not so much with fully banning it, because I do see the positives in doing it, but I also understand why people hate it, because... It's annoying when it's guaranteed any other time. If they're playing normal and you hit it and it's supposed to be a base hit when they're playing normal positions, but then it's not because of the shift, that gets a little uh, aggravating, not only as a player, if you're a player, but it's very aggravating as a fan. (laughs) But those are the big changes with Major League Baseball coming. Also, yesterday was announced that Trevor Bauer's administrative leave has been extended another two weeks till at least the 27th of July he will be on administrative leave so we'll see what unfolds with that uh, they're still investigating I've never seen a domestic or sexual assault allegation in, ter- in the sports world that has gone the way that this one has I haven't seen many I don't think we've seen one that has like just admin leave keeps keeps getting extended, 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 with no suspension given out. You might as well suspend them at this point with all these administrative leaves. But yeah, what are, what are you gonna do? You gotta let the investigation play out. You gotta see what happens. So we're gonna just gonna have to wait and see. The last part of today, first of all, with the Mets, it was announced literally like a half hour ago. July 30th, 15 days away, July 30th, the black jerseys will be back for the first time in a long time. It was much anticipated when Steve Cohen took the reins. He was saying he wanted to bring back the black jerseys. Fans have wanted it. Players have wanted it. July 30th, they will be back in action, which is going to be awesome. I'm super excited for it. I can't wait. I'm debating if I'm going to get a, a black Mets jersey. Uh, if I'm going to get a Lindor one or uh, Jake or whoever. 
But it's super exciting to have the black jerseys back. It's fun to have, like, an alternate random jersey. Like, the Mets used to do the Military Mondays, where every Monday home game they wore those uh, digital camo print, which I thought was kind of cool. Having something like that, maybe every home Friday night game or something, they wear the black jerseys. Or something like that, I think would be a lot of fun uh, for the fans. I think it'd be great for the players and just give that old school, like, 06 Mets vibe when they were almost there to make in the World Series and then Adam Wainwright happened. But we're not going to talk about that. We are going to talk about preview for the second half for the Mets. They are still in first place. They have a three and a half game lead over, I believe the Phillies are the ones that are in second. And not much to really go on. I think they're in a great spot. The offense started picking it up. Hopefully they can carry some momentum into the second half. Carlos Carrasco started is starting his rehab assignment with Brooklyn this week. He should be back soon. J.D. Davis is expected to be activated on Friday when the Mets resume. That will be very interesting to see who gets sent down, who gets optioned, all that. Who gets playing time at third. You can't really... Guillaume is so good defensively, you have to keep him there. VR has been so good all around. Billy McKinney's a bench guy. He's been so good. You kind of have to keep him around, but he may be the oddball unless they get rid of a pitcher. It's it'll be Luis Rojas will definitely have some tough decisions to make with regards to activating J.D. Davis, and then when Carrasco comes back, it'll be a little easier because it'll be a pitcher, and they have a lot more, I guess, wiggle room for lack of a better word. But it'll it's it's a great time to be a Mets fan. They got the trade deadline coming up in two, about two weeks as well think the Mets, if you're going to do anything, you're looking for either a long-term move, like a Chris Bryant type deal, or you are looking for a rental in the rotation. As if you're looking for maybe a Luis Castillo or a Jose Barrios, as in, we're trying to win it right now. Right this year, 2021, we're trying to win it. So we're going to go get another top-of-the-line guy for our rotation to get us to get us there. Or you could say, where you go on to compete this year, next year, the next couple years, let's go get Chris Bryant and let's figure out maybe a, a deal with him. We also got to extend Conforto and Syndergaard. There's a lot to be, it's the first time in a long, long time to be excited for the Mets. As If you're a Mets fan, it's the first time in a long time to be this excited for a team. The Mets have not been in first place this long since 07, for this long since 07. So take that Take with that what you will. I know there are other things that happened in 07 that we won't talk about. But it it's it's going to be a fun final three, uh, three months of the season. I'm super excited. We got Red Sox and Yankees kickoff tomorrow, the second half, and then everybody else is back in action on Friday. We have so much to look forward to, and it is... It's just going to be so much fun to watch this second half. Hopefully we get like a 2019 uh, end of July, August vibe from this Mets team where they won like 17 of 18 or something like that. Because that, it's it's so much fun. It's so much better being a Mets fan when they win. That I mean, duh, but it's so much better when they win. We will. That is pretty much going to wrap it up for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe down below. Make sure you follow on Twitter, RTA underscore pod. The All-Star game was amazing. Colorado did an amazing job hosting it. 
the jerseys were not as bad as I thought, but I still hated them. I wish they would just wore their normal uniforms. Nolan Arenado got a great reception. There was so much. Colorado did a great job hosting it. It was so much fun watching it. And hopefully the second half is good to the Mets. Hopefully the rest of this year is good to the Mets and to the rest of baseball. That'll do it for today's episode of Raise the Apple. We'll see you guys next week. Let's go Mets. Bang, bang, won't stop till we're legend.